Anderson, Clayton Phillip Anderson as he comes to see the man of God. get started I this this scripture was just burning in me because I, I gotta share this I have to share this um, I'm a worshiper by nature um, but I've learned the value of praise um, there's a scripture in in Psalms 149 verse 6 and this scripture is so powerful um, and I believe it's it's a corporate scripture it's not an individual scripture uh, the Bible says in verse 6 it says let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters to execute the, the judgment uh, written. This is the honor for all his godly ones that when we come together and we lift up a shout of praise and we sustain a praise, it begins to shake and bind kings in the environment, in the atmosphere. And that there are, there's, there's something you can do together you can't do individually. That principalities and powers are bound by the church, not individuals, they're bound by the church. And so I'm excited tonight. I'm excited tonight. You can have your seats. I want to, um, I want to thank God for being in the house of God. I, again, I don't, I don't take it lightly to stand in this, pul this pulpit. It's one I have a tremendous amount of respect for. It's one I truly honor. I'm so grateful again to be here. Grateful to have my wife, my beautiful wife, and my children here with me. Amen. Amen. My, uh, my, my baby sister again, she's still 15, but she's 35. Um, but I love her dearly. And I'm um, so grateful to have my aunt in the house tonight. Amen. I love your son. I do. He's a brother to me. I love him. Amen. Um, I'm so grateful to, to God for what he did today. I'm so grateful to God. You know, we got to make sure we never get familiar um, with, with, with the move of God. We, we can't ever get comfortable and familiar and, 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 and uh, lose the awe of God. And so I'm so, so grateful to God for what he's done in the house of God today. I do want to go back for those who were not here. I want to, uh, I want to share uh, a word that the Lord gave me for this ministry. Uh, the spirit of God spoke to me yesterday morning and he said that there's a grace for the supernatural that's coming on this entire ministry. And he said, it's not only for the pastors, it's for the ministry. It's for the plugged in people, the plugged in people. And he said, testimonies of miracles will become commonplace and a normalcy. He said, but don't become familiar, says the Lord. Never lose your awe for the workings of the movement of the Spirit. For out of this house shall come many who will be strategically placed and strategically sent. And they will be raised here and sent out, but they will stay connected to this house. For the great revival is upon us, says the Lord, even at the door. So he says, posture your hearts, posture yourselves to receive posture yourself to carry and to maintain the fires of revival and you will see wonders 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 says the lord wonders amen i believe god has a mantle that's resting upon the ministry and it's time for for a stepping out it, sometimes we can come to church and we can become so full and never go outside and use what God is, has put on the inside of us but I believe it's a, there's a time for stepping out 
to see, step out and see what God will do. Step out and see if God will honor his word on your life. It's one thing to believe the pastor can pray, but what if you step out and pray and see what God does? So I believe God has a word for us tonight. My assignment tonight is, um, is very, very simple. My assignment tonight is to shift your, your mindset and your mentality about the role you, you play in the body of Christ and about the role you play in the world today. So the title of my message is In Christ, The Original Dimension. Now, I'm going to throw some meat at you tonight, but I believe you can handle it. Because God, see, you, ne- you can't go to the next level without chewing on something. Right? And so, and I know this is a house of steak, amen? It's a steakhouse. Amen. Genesis chapter 1. Let me pray. Father, we just come before you tonight. Holy Spirit, we honor your presence. Speak tonight. Move tonight. Father, let no man be glorified. You alone be glorified tonight. In the name of Jesus, I pray that as I preach this message, Father, that your words would fill my mouth. And that every heart is fertile ground, ready for the, for the seed of your word, Father, to produce everlasting fruit, fruit that remains, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Genesis chapter 1, very familiar passage. I know uh, most of us were uh, biblically inclined or familiar with this passage, but I want to share something with you tonight. We're going to start at verse 24. Start at verse 24 of Genesis chapter 1. And it says, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth creatures, living creatures, after their kind. Cattle and creeping things and and beasts of the earth after their kind. Somebody say after their kind. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth after their kind and the cattle after their kind and everything that creeps on the ground after its kind. And God saw that it was good. Focus on verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. I need you to understand that God had a motif that he was following. He had a pattern he was following. He was creating and everything that he was creating was being reproduced after its kind. And then he begins to make man, but he does not change the motif. He does not change the pattern. He's still making man after its kind, but the design was in the, in the pattern and the image of God. So God is, listen, God is making man. Yes, he used dust, but the dust part is not what he was focused on. Because when God made man, he was not talking about eyes and nose when he said image. He was not talking about physical features. He was talking about the, 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 the very model of your thinking and your, your, uh, your, your apparatus and your potential and the power that dwelt inside you, everything that would fill you from the inside was made in the pattern of God. 
So God is creating kingdoms and orders of creatures. And he commands everyone to produce after his kind, but he does not eliminate himself from the process. God says, I'm going to produce after my kind. And so he's creating these kingdoms. Now understand that he says he's going to give him dominion over every creature on the planet. The word creature is a breathing thing. It literally means flesh. He gives him a pattern. He puts it on the inside of man. And then he says, I'm going to give you dominion. You're going to rule over every other thing on the earth. So God is creating man in the earth to operate in the earth the way God exists in the universe. God exerts power and authority and dominion over all the universe. He then makes a a man in his own pattern, and he said, I want you to do in the earth what I do in the universe. And so God is setting up kingdoms and orders, but understand in the realm of the spirit, height matters. Height matters in, in rank. It, ma- it makes a difference. This is why, this is why Satan, uh, when, when he decided he was going to uh, rebel against God, he said, I will ascend. I got to go up to reach the level that God is on because I cannot overthrow him. He couldn't anyway, but he had twisted his mind to think he could overthrow him, but he couldn't do it from down here. He had to go up. Because in the realm of the spirit, height matters. Somebody say height matters. It it matters in terms of rank and dominion. And so God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. The original command was dominion. It was the first thing God commanded man to do, to have dominion, to subdue the earth. It's the original command, and because it's the original command, it's the the command that still stands. Amen? Amen? So the first man was empowered to duplicate himself after his kind, but he was made after the kind of God. He was commanded to subdue the earth and to dominate the earth. The Bible says that, that he made man, Adam, a human being. But when he said he made, let us make man in our image, it's a very interesting Hebrew word. The word image is salem. It means a phantom a resemblance or a representative figure, especially an idol. Now, I know the negative terminology that follows idolatry and it's biblical, but I want you to think for a second, what is an idol? An idol is an image that represents a deity. It's an image that represents a deity. So when he made man, I said, I need to put, God said, I need to put a representation in the earth that looks like me, that acts like me, that walks like me, that talks like me, that breathes like me, that has dominion like me, and I want everything about him to represent me. Amen? Somebody say represent. So man was created in the blueprint of God. Now, if man was, was made in the blueprint of God, that means that man was produced after God's kind, which makes him of the God kind. He's of the God kind. This is why God can, can look at Adam and say, I'm going to bring all the animals to you. And I want you to use your supernatural intelligence. 
And I want you to name each one. And you're not going to stumble. You're going through thousands and thousands of creatures. But you're not going to stumble over which one name. Did I name this one that? Did I have to remember? No, because you're, you're using the apparatus of a supernatural dimension. He's made after the God kind. So in, look, listen, so in Genesis 3, when Satan deceives man and man falls, man does not just fall from grace. He falls from the God kind into mankind. So the dimension that he was walking in, he no longer has access to. Because he's falling, because remember, in the spirit, height matters. He's fallen from the God kind. He descended kingdoms. And so sin stripped man of the native supernatural dimension he had in him. Native. In the fall. And he was reduced from the God kind to the mankind. So this supernatural uh, dimension, this is, this is the frustrating part of it because all of us were made to live in the supernatural on a regular basis. It's... It's, it, we're actually rediscovering, rediscovering who we were. The world will tell you, take time to find out who you are. But you got to go back to who you were. He said, he said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And I ordained you. Wait, wait, wait. You mean to tell me heaven had an ordination service before I entered my mother's womb? Heaven licensed me before I enter my mother's womb. So when I'm found out to be a prophet, I'm not discovering. I'm revealing what I already was. It, I, it's, who, it's who I was. And so, but, but in the Old Testament context, we got to go somewhere, so I'm, I'm going to run this down. In the Old Testament context, the issue is, that because man has fallen from the God kind to mankind, he can only operate in the supernatural dimension when the Holy Spirit comes upon him. I remember growing up and, and, and reading and, and hearing all the stories about Samson, and I was like, man, Samson was super strong. And then I read my Bible. And I found out that every time Samson moved in supernatural strength, the Bible said the Spirit of God came upon him. So he was locked in this dimension until the Spirit of God came upon him and lifted him high enough to move in that dimension. Whether they were priests or prophets or judges, they could only move as the Spirit gave them lift. He had to lift them. I was preaching a couple weeks ago at, at, our, at our church. I was talking about maintaining the fire of God, and, and, and I was using this example because, you know, uh, man has always desired to fly, but, but God didn't give us wings. He, he, he didn't do that. And so we were earthbound until two brothers discovered that there was a law that supersedes the law of gravity. It's called the law of lift. And the law of lift has always existed, but it had to be discovered. And so the law of lift will allow you to supersede another law to elevate because in order to get to the next dimension, you got to go up. 
And so if you use the example of a hot air balloon, right, a hot air balloon is bound to the ground until you turn the fire on. When you turn the fire on, the fire lifts because of the gas, and it forces something that was earthbound up into the air. And the higher you want to go, the higher the fire has to go. The higher you want to go, the, the higher the fire has to go. And you'll never come off the ground until there's a fire burning on the inside of you. But I got news for you. You weren't created to live earthbound. You were not created to live earthbound. There's a passage of scripture in the New Testament where, where, where uh, Paul said, uh, whether in the body or, or without, there was a man that went up to the third heaven. He's full of the spirit, and now he has access to a place from the inside he did not have before because the dimension requires the spirit now that we've fallen. Come on, stay with me. Stay with me. So you have men like Elijah who, was, who were so uh, well-versed in moving in this, in this new space we're now living in. Because, because now that we're falling, God said, I still have to do a work in the earth, so I need to find a man I can partner with. And so he would find men and women that he could connect himself with. And, 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 and Elijah was so well-versed that when the, when the enemy's uh, armies came to get him, he called down fire on the first 50 of them. And the next stupid 50 came again. And he called down fire on them. And then the spirit of wisdom hit the third 50. And the captain said, hold on, man of God. We come in peace. I, I'm just doing my job. I'm not, I'm not here. I'm not trying to get fired. I, I, I'm here to do my job. And his humility caused this man's life to be spared. But the same man who called down fire there met prophets of Baal on the mountain. He did, listen, oh God, help me. He did not ask God for permission to call down fire. Show me a scripture where he prayed and said, God, help me handle this. I don't know what I'm doing. Can you tell me what to do? He said, no, just get everybody together. I know my God. Because the Bible says they that know their God will do exploits. He said, he said, just get them together because I'm learning how to walk in this dimension. And so he gathers them together on the mountaintop. He calls down fire and the fire consumes everything. Not just the sacrifice. Not just the water. The rock, the stone, everything. Because there is the dimension of the spirit that we're called to walk in. And God has got to shift our mindset because we've been earthbound so long. Carnal, natural, so long. You know what happened next? The Bible says that this man of God said, well, it's time to rain. The last time it rained was when I told it not to. But he said, I, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. So he tells his servant, watch this, come on. He tells the servant, go look and see what you see. But he doesn't go with him. The Bible says he sat down and he put his head between his knees. Because he had enough understanding of the realm of the spirit 
that I can't move by what I see. I got to move by what I see on the inside. And so I hear a sound in my spirit that doesn't line up with what my eyes see. So you go use your eyes. I'm going to use my eyes in the spirit. And he said, as long as you don't see nothing, I'm going to stay right here until what you see matches what I hear. There is a, a place God is calling us to. There's a place God is calling us to where we're not moved by what we see. We don't, we don't stagger at wheelchairs anymore. We don't, we don't stagger at cancer anymore. We don't stagger at, at, at COVID and, and whatever the next wave is. God is calling a people to, to go up. You had people like Joshua who did not ask God for permission to tell the sun to stand still. You know, you, you know, what, I, you know what I found out from, from Joshua and, and from Elijah? That there's a place in the spirit where you can speak to seasons. Where you can command seasons. It's going to rain, it's not going to rain. The sun's going down, it's not going down. The moon ain't coming up, the sun ain't going down, stand still. And this is in the old covenant. It's an old covenant. The Bible says that even Samuel, the Bible says he didn't let, God didn't let one of his words fail. You, you know what type of dominion we're talking about? That God says, if you say it, I'll endorse it. If, if, if you say it, I, I'll do it. We're not even talking about people asking for permission. We're talking about people who are so in sync with the spirit of God. Do you know what your Bible says? The Bible says that, that you, when you got saved, you and the Lord were joined as one spirit. The goal was to create oneness. And we have this mindset, these things we say in church like, God, all of you and none of me. But that's not what he said. He <laughs> He's trying to get you to the place where all of you is surrendered to him so you can match. That, that there's a partnership that exists between us and God. Turn to Hebrews chapter 1. God, I don't know. Oh, can I go there? Hold on, hold on. Don't go there. Go to Ezekiel chapter 37. Let me show you this. I love this. Uh, Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37. The Lord had me read the book of Ezekiel. Uh, he told me to in a dream. And I started reading it. And it's not a fun book. It is not a fun book. As a matter of fact, I had to take breaks. Because I had never seen God so mad in back-to-back -back chapters. But these people, yeah, they, you know, they, they, they was asking for it. Come on, Ezekiel, Ezekiel 37, you there? Now, now let me say this. Ezekiel, and I'm, I'm showing you this because I want us to understand there's a working of the spirit that we've got to step into. Every time God, came, God prophesied through Ezekiel, he, he, he said over and over, you can go back and read it, the word of the Lord came unto me. Over and over, the word of the Lord came unto me. But when God had decided, I need to shift the hearts of my people, the Bible says in verse 1 here, the hand of the Lord was upon me. 
He did not say the word of the Lord came unto me. He said the hand of the Lord came upon me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. Now, some people believe this was a spiritual valley. I believe this was a physical valley in the spiritual realm. I believe this is the same physical valley you can see with your eyes, but he was in the spirit realm, in the God dimension. God picked him up and he said, I've been using you to prophesy to warn them. But now that it's time to change their hearts, i got to pull you out into my dimension. Watch this. And he said, and the valley was full of bones. Verse 2, he caused me to pass among them roundabout, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? In other words, son of man, have you learned to agree with me in the spirit? Do, do you have the same mindset? Do you have the same belief system? And he said, and I, and I answered, oh, Lord, God, you know. And again, he said, watch this, prophesy over these bones and say to them, Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Now, now we're not just going to read over that. I, I want us to think about what was just said. He's in the spiritual dimension. And he's talking to things that don't have ears. And he's telling things that don't have ears to hear the word of the Lord. He's talking to things. All this time you've been prophesying to people and the hard-hearted people, and God told you they weren't going to listen anyway. But when he decides to change them, he said, I'm going to pull you into my dimension, and I'm going to have you prophesy to things that don't have ears because in the spirit everything has ears. In the spirit realm, sickness has ears. In the spirit realm, debt has ears. In the spirit realm, poverty has ears. In the spirit realm, everything has ears. He said, I want you to tell it to hear you and tell it what I said to tell it. Prophesy over these dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you that you may come to life. And I'll put sinews on you, make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you that you may come alive and you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, sinews were on them, and flesh grew. Look at what's happening. All this time he's been prophesying by the Spirit in the, in the flesh. And while he's doing it, they're still not listening. God says, let me pull you into my dimension, because when you prophesy from here... Everything has ears, and the moment you start telling it what I said, things start moving. This, can, let, me, let me help you. This is why naming and claiming don't work when you're in the flesh. This, this is why we got people talking about I'm, I'm, I'm claiming this and I'm claiming that, and you're shacking and you're drinking and you're clubbing and you're doing, you're doing everything else, and you're trying to figure why it don't work. The reason why it's not working is because you're not in his dimension. You got to get out of your flesh and get into the spirit so that you can partner with the living God. What did you say, bro? Shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> Now, let's, let's jump because I got a lot to show you. So man, 
is fallen. Somebody say fallen. fallen. Which means his image, the original image he got was corrupted. Right? He was made in the image of God, but that image was corrupted. Now let's look at Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1, say amen when you get there. Amen. Let's start at verse 1. We're going to read through it to verse 3 for the, for the sake of context. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, he these, in these last days has spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature. One translation says he is the express image of God. He's the express image of God. So Adam was made in his image, but Jesus is his image. Adam was made after his pattern. Jesus is his pattern. Jesus is his pattern. Y'all stay with me. So God was doing something in Christ that had to be done to correct the corrupted nature of our image. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 that Adam was earthy, but Christ was heavenly. The word earthy there literally means terrestrial, earthbound. You couldn't go up there. You were bound to here. But Jesus is heavenly. So he's from the sovereign kingdom. He's from the highest dimension. There's no higher seat. There's no higher throne. There's no higher name above all names. There's no other name. And he is the image. And so he is the, the pattern by which we're following. Now let me give you an example. I was I, at my job. I've been working there for a long time. I remember uh, first working there, and I got a laptop. I was so excited to have my own laptop. I could work from home. Before, work from home was popular. It was just it was a blessing. And one day, I, I went in to access my computer, and even though I could see the icons and I could click on the icons, they weren't working. There was stuff I could see but couldn't access. My computer was just, and, and it would go through, through these stages of just freezing. So I, I call IT. They said, bring it down to us. So I take it down to IT, and they said, well, sir, you have a corrupted image. You have a corrupted image. So even though you can see things that are there, you cannot access them because your image is corrupted. And sometimes you're going through stages of being frozen. You can't move forward because your image is corrupted. So they said, what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to take your computer, plug it into the, to our computer, and re-image your computer. What is re-imaging? We take the original blueprint from the original computer that we, that we formatted, and we got to put that original image in your computer in order for you to access everything you have in it. There are things on the inside of you, treasures, gifts, icons that God has put there, and you're double-clicking, and you're trying to figure out how to get this to work. But the reality is until your image is fixed, until this corrupt image is pulled out of us, some of you still, you, you love God, but you, you don't see yourself as more than a saved sinner. 
Because the image is corrupted. <laughs> it's, he didn't die and pour out his blood to let you stay a saved sinner. It wasn't about that. That just took care of your sin. But there's an image in him that has to get on the inside of you so that you can realize who you really are or who you really were. Watch this. So man, oh, come on, come on, stay with me. So man is fallen, but he's still functional. He's fallen, but he's still functional. Meaning, meaning he's fallen from the level that he was on, but there's still things he can do. And the problem with being fallen and functional is you think functional is fixed. The, the problem with, see, see, see there's, there's some of us, you, we're, 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 so, we're, we're so fallen, but we're still functioning. And you think because you can get married and have a job and raise kids and go to church, and do, you, you think that you're fixed, but you're not fixed yet. It wasn't enough to get, get, to get uh, Jesus on the inside of you. The Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I'm, gl- I'm glad your spirit saved, but your soul need help. I'm, I'm, I'm glad your spirit is renewed, but your soul needs to be reset. Your soul needs to be changed. Your soul needs to be transformed. Your soul needs to be re-imaged. So we can be fallen but functional. Which means you can prophesy and still be perverted. You can preach and still be perverted. You can preach and still prey on others. You can be in ministry and be the meanest person in your church. Do you know what you know? You know what the sad thing is? That, that, that Sundays at church, uh, Sundays after church are the worst time for servers. They get the meanest people they get all week coming out of the church. There's a problem with our image. I don't care how much you pray in tongues. If you can't love them, the image is wrong. It's a corrupted image. Meanest people alive coming out. It don't make sense. The people, listen, they don't even like seeing us coming. They, they, when, they, when we come in, they say, oh, they ain't going to tip. They're going to give us all kind of craziness, why, attitude and everything else. I'm about to move on. I'm about to move on. (laughs) My God. So Jesus, Jesus, because he is the image of God, he bears the image of God, and he's the re-image of man because he's the God-man. So he's one and he's two in one, amen? And so what we see is Jesus telling us there's something wrong with our image. This is why Jesus say, you say, but I say. But, but here's the thing. Even when he says, you say, but I say, what he's really saying is, I said this because you couldn't handle that. But it, it, that's what he's saying. Because he said to them, you, you say, don't commit adultery. But I say, don't look at a woman lustfully. But I couldn't tell you that back then because you couldn't handle it. Now that I'm here, 
and I'm the re-image for you. I got to tell you that what you, the, the bar was too low. You got to come up. Because we got people in church that think because you're not fornicating physically, then you're all right. But you're still up late on the internet, and, and you think that, that, that it's all right. But the reality is that the bar was too low because the image is corrupt. We got to raise the bar. Somebody say raise the bar. <clears throat> and we wonder why power, churches are powerless. The bar too low. We got to re-image. <clears throat> Somebody say re-image. So even when you look at the law, the, the law was really basic operating procedures. I, I got, God was saying, I just got to keep you in bounds until Jesus comes. I just got to keep you from going too far. Just got to keep you in bounds. The, I, I remember... <laughs> I remember when we were kids, my mom, my sister's here, she'll remember this. My mom, many of y'all remember this because it was, it, was it was a thing. We would go to the store. We'd pull up to the store. My mom would put the car in park. She'd adjust the mirror so she could see all three of us in the back seat. She would say, don't touch nothing, don't break nothing, don't act up. If you embarrass me, I'll embarrass you. It was the same speech every time. Don't touch nothing, don't break nothing. If you act up, I'm embarrass you. You embarrass me, I'm embarrass you. Same thing every time. And we, we would consider that laying down the law. Because the law just had to keep you in parameters. Just don't break nothing. But it wasn't the bar. It couldn't have been... His true perspective. Because Jesus, when he comes, he says, listen, I gave you a bunch of commandments, but you can fulfill them with two. These two will fix all the rest of them. I had to give you parameters because as a child, you need a whole bunch of rules because you're too immature to be able to think about from a mature perspective. But when you grow in Christ, just love God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. It fixes all the rest of them. I got to fix your image. Functioning doesn't mean fixed. Jesus tells the disciples, you got to have the God kind of faith. I got to raise the level, even of your belief system. I got to take you back up to the sovereign kingdom. Let me, let me share something with you. I was, at, I was at my house a few months ago. This was probably eight, nine months ago. And um, we bought some furniture. And, and uh, because I have children, uh, we bought light, light color furniture, which is probably not the wisest idea. Um, and so within weeks, we needed to call for a cleaning. Thankfully, we purchased the protection package, Shondo. So, so the man comes out to my house. I'm waiting for him to get there. He comes out to my house, and he says, I'm sorry for being late. Uh, I, I bumped my hands. My hands have just been giving me so much trouble. And I said, what do, you, what do you mean your hands? He said, well, I've got arthritis in my hands. I've had, I said, how long have you had arthritis? He said, for about four years. There was a time when I was driving and I bumped my knuckles on the steering wheel and I literally cried out in pain. Tears came out of my eyes. And I looked at his hands and all of his hands were red, swollen knuckles. And I, and I said, four years? He said, yeah, my grandparents died with twisted hands, gnarled, twisted hands. 
grandmother couldn't open her hand. His grandfather wasn't bad. He said, somehow it skipped my parents and it hit us, me and my sister. And I'm standing there having to decide what kind of faith I'm going to have. What kind of faith? I remember the Spirit of God speaking to me one day because there's a, there's a scripture in James that talks about the prayer of faith. It says that it'll save the sick, but then it says, and the Lord will raise them up. And God reminded me that raising them up is not my responsibility. Praying in faith is. And so I said to the man, can I pray for your hands? He said, pray for me. I said, yes, sir. Can I pray for your hands? And he looked at me. And he looked down at his hands, and he looked at the wall, and he said, well, I guess, you, I guess you can. And I said, well, let me tell you, I, I was dealing with a pretty bad issue, and the Lord healed me. And I, it happened about, it started about four years ago. He said, really? I said, yeah, he's a healer. Because he is. I'm not just saying that he is. And, and, and so the man said, okay. So he put his stuff down, and he walked up to me, and he did this. And I said, okay, God, we're doing this. He put his hands on my hands, and I began to pray. I said, Father, I, re I rebuke this, this uh, disease, this degenerative disease in his hands. I command it to go now in the name of Jesus. I declare healing over his hands in Jesus' name, amen. There wasn't no organ behind me. I didn't have no praise and worship. I didn't have Kiyashi with me. I, 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 Kiyashi, Kiyasha, Kiyashi. I didn't have her. If I'd had you with me, my God, we would have had a revival. And that was it. And so the man said to me, he said, okay. I said, let me know when you notice a difference. So he, he walked away. He finished cleaning our stuff. About 30 minutes later, he gets ready to go and pack up. He handed me his card. I said, let me know when you notice a difference. Call me. He said, okay. So he walks out to the car. He's got this cleaning machine with him. And the, the machine is heavy. It's the, it's the vacuum that he uses is filled with water and all this stuff and all the dirty water. And so he uh, reaches down to pick up the machine and notices there's no pain in his hands. So he set it in the truck, and he stepped back, and he looked. I'll never forget this for the rest of my life. The sun, we live in a cul-de-sac, and the sun was aiming straight at my house. And the man turned and looked like this and held up his, his hand. He said, my God, look at those wrinkles. I didn't, I didn't understand what he was talking about. But his knuckles had been so swollen, he hadn't seen wrinkles in four years. Now, understand something. When I prayed, he didn't feel nothing, and I didn't feel nothing, and it didn't make a difference. It did not make a difference. It didn't matter that he didn't feel a lightning bolt. It didn't matter. There is a level God is taking us where it's not about what you feel. It's not about your senses. It's not about your feelings. We got to come out of the sensory realm where we need God to strike us with a lightning bolt to believe that he is. The man said to me, I looked at him, I said, I said, it looks like the redness is gone. He said, it does look like the redness is gone. He said, I can't believe this. I said, believe it. He got in his truck and left. He got to the house, watch this, and he was so blown away by his hands being healed, he forgot to take pictures of the chairs, which is how he gets paid. So he texted me. He said, can you take pictures of the chairs? I said, sure. I took pictures and sent them. He sent me back a picture of his hand. He said, look at this. He said, I just showed my daughters. I just showed my daughters. They can't believe it. 
They can't believe it. He said, I, I got to call my oldest daughter over so she can see my hands. I've been struggling for four years to be able to touch, and now I can use my hands. You would think that's the end of the story. A few weeks later, he calls me. He said, listen, my nephew just was in a car accident. Totaled his car. He's in the hospital. They airlifted him to the hospital. They're not expecting him to make it through the night. Can you please pray for him? I said, sure, we'll pray for him. I sent the message out to our pastors and our team. I said, we got to pray for this man. His, son, his nephew is about, is, is they're saying he's going to die, and we can't let him die. I said, we can't let him die. I said, we can't let him die. It's up to us. We prayed. I forgot all about it. Two weeks later, he calls me. He said, man, my nephew is out of the hospital. He said, he said, they didn't expect him to make it through the night. They can't explain what happened to his body. I don't know how to explain what happened to his body. All I know is he's not in the hospital anymore. You, you would think that was the end of the story. He called me a week later. He said, I walked, went to a customer's house. She got the same issue with her hands that I had. Can you come and pray for her? Three weeks later, he calls me again. I got another customer who can't lift his arm. I'm telling you, the world is waiting. They're waiting on us. They're waiting on us. They're waiting on us. And you can't be a safe sinner and believe God's going to use you. You're going to have to raise the level of your belief system. Waiting on us. <laughs> they're waiting on us. People dying, they're waiting on us. People addicted to drugs, they're waiting on us. People suicidal, they're waiting on us. They're waiting on us. And you don't have to be preaching a pulpit to be used by God. <laughs> what kind of faith are you going to have? What kind of faith are you going to have? We're going to pray for healing tonight. We're going to see miracles tonight. Am I telling you that because I'm a super Christian? No. I'm telling you there is a place we step into with God, where we partner with God, and he does the heavy lifting. All he's asking us to do is partner with him. Yes, God. Second Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm telling you they're waiting on you. They're waiting on you. You got family members that are waiting on you. You, you, know, you know what's funny? People will make fun of you when you're going through all, all, all the extra and you're going to prayer and you're on your face and you're worshiping hard. They'll make fun of you until hell hits their home. And then they need to know somebody who can connect to heaven. And they'll pick up the phone and call you. The same one they was making fun of because they need to know somebody who can connect. Years ago, I had a man uh, send me a message on Facebook, hadn't seen since high school, hadn't talked to him, said, man, I watched you all the way through high school. I watched you after high school on Facebook. You're the same guy you were back then. He said, man, I need you to pray for me. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to grow in my faith. They're watching you. They're watching you. And I, listen, you don't have to be perfect. Just be submitted. It's about progression. Not perfection. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 17. Say amen when you get there. 
Go back to verse 16. He says, therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh. We're not looking at flesh anymore. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him in this way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Now, that is not a euphemism. That's not a metaphor. (laughs) That's not a metaphor. It's an actuality that when you step into Christ, you become something else. I I hope you can hear me. You become something else altogether. The Bible's not even classifying you as a human being. You're something else. He's not even classifying you as, he just talked about flesh. He said, we don't even classify you as flesh. You're a whole new creature. You're a new kind. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things, the old ways, the old pattern is dead, it's passed away. Behold, all things that become new. What is he doing? He's recalibrating. He's recalibrating your image. He said, I need, in order for you to step into the destiny that you're called to, you're going to have to change the way you see yourself. You have to change the way you see yourself. You're going to have to realize I'm not even the same person I was a year ago. I'm not the same person I was when I got saved. I'm a whole new creature. And the moment you realize that, you'll begin behaving. Let, 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 me use, let, let me tell you something. There, there's, a, there's an old movie, right? It, it was called uh, Enemy of the State. You remember that movie, Will Smith? Right? Enemy of the State. The, the, the premise of the movie is that Will Smith goes into a store and, and a man who he, who he remembers from high school or college or whatever drops something in his bag. Right? And, and he has it in his bag, but he doesn't know he has it in his bag. Right? And what he has in his bag now makes him dangerous to people he's not even aware of. But he still has it. He still has it. Right? So he's going through life and they're setting up uh, traps and things to disrupt his life because they realize he has something that makes him dangerous. And so they're targeting him because he's now dangerous because of what he has, but he doesn't know he has it. And so listen, so he, after a turn of events, he discovers that he now has something. But the fact that he now knows what he has moves him from being dangerous to being a threat. Oh, God, help me. Because because you're not a threat until you know what you have. Only, Only thing you are is a target. You're dangerous, so you're a target, but you're not a threat because you don't know what you have. This is why, this is why Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but I know what I have. I, I know what I have. And we can't be a church that has all these spiritual blessings and have no idea what we have. And you think, the enemy, listen, the enemy attacks you on the basis of who God says you are, not who you say you are. He's attacking you based on who God says you are, not who you say you are. So if I'm going to get attacked, I'd rather get attacked for doing something than to just be attacked because I am who I am. Do you know what you have? 
do you know what you have? You don't even know you're armed and dangerous. You don't even know hell is concerned about you. You don't know these attacks are indications of who you are. My, my assignment tonight is to shift your thinking. We, we got to come to a place of an awareness of what we possess in Christ. Somebody say in Christ. Watch this. Drop down to, to verse 21. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God. Now notice the verbiage here. He said he who knew no sin was made to be sin so that you might become. You're becoming something because of what he was made to be. There's an exchange that happens, and when Jesus became sin, when he was made to be sin, he did so so you would become the righteousness of God. And, and, and that ideology is that wrestling with our thinking. What do you mean I'm the righteousness of God? You are. This is what Jesus said. He said, I am the light of the world. Shortly after that, he said, you are the light of the world. What do you mean, Jesus? What? You're, you're, you're the light of the world. Yes, he is, but he's in you. He's in you. If you let the light shine, you'll win. You, know, you remember, you remember uh, um, um, Gideon, right? When they get went to win, win the battle, what did they, they had to put the, land, the, the, the fire in the pot because, because until the, and they had to break it so that the light inside of it could shine through the vessel. It was a prophetic picture that, that if you're broken enough to allow the light to shine through your vessel, then, 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 the, then the battle will be won. Somebody say, I'm of the God kind. You are. That's, listen, that's not new age. That's not, that's not crazy talk. It's just the Bible. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2. We're about to wrap up because we got, we got work to do tonight. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Say amen when you get there. Verse 1 says this, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, amen, indulging in the desires of the flesh, amen, and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. In other words, you were... When the Bible talks about creatures, creatures are those who follow after their nature. He said, you were that, but you're not anymore. Verse 4, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, he made us alive together. Together. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. He made us alive together. When he got up, you got up. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay, let's keep reading. He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved 
and raised us up with him. Watch this. He raised us up with him. Why did he raise? Oh, God, help me. Why did he raise us up with him? Because height matters. He just told you you were operating according to the prince of the power of the air. So Jesus said, in order to give you dominion, I got to take you higher than he is. I, 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 <laughs> in, order, in order to give you dominion, I have, to, I have to seat you higher than he is. Says he raised us up with him and he seated us with him in heavenly places. Now notice he said seated. It's the place of rest. It, it's the place, when Jesus went and sat down at the right hand of the Father, he wasn't striving to be there. And because you're in him, I'm seated. I'm seated above every principality. I'm seated above every power. I'm seated above every dominion. I'm seated above every ruler. I'm seated above every disease. I'm seated above every pandemic. I'm seated above poverty. I'm seated above lack. I'm seated above depression. I'm seated above anxiety. I'm seated. I'm seated. Can, can I give you one more movie example? Do, <laughs> do y'all remember The Matrix? Remember, remember when, when, when they, they would be in these seats, seated. They were physically seated there, but their minds were in a virtual world. Their minds were in a virtual world. And the danger of being in the virtual world was to forget that the world was virtual. That that wasn't the real world. Where they were seated was actually the real world. Now, now, now the enemy Smith, he would possess who was, whoever was in the other world. He could take full control of them. They had to exit that world to keep from being influenced. But they were still seated. They were still seated where they were. But they, they, they were in a virtual world. Do you know, I, I was listening to a man, he was talking about uh, VR, VR glasses. And they have this experience now, it's so immersive that you can, watch, you can look on YouTube and you find videos of people who are watching videos and they forget they're not in the real world. And, they, and they're running into things, they're running into the wall, they're scared, they think they're falling off a cliff in real life. But that, because they've forgotten that the virtual world is not the real world. I got news for you, this is virtual. This is virtual. This ain't real. This is going to pass away. This, this is not the real thing. This is virtual. You're seated in the real world. You're, you're, you're seated. You're seated in the real world. You're seated where height matters. You're seated where dominion counts. You're seated in the place of power. You're seated. Sickness ain't got no power over your body. You're, you're, you're seated. Oh, God, help me. Watch this. Paul, Paul, was, Paul was getting ready to get on a ship. He said, we can't go. We really shouldn't go because this is a terrible time of year. The storms are real bad. He gets on the ship. While he's on the ship, the storm in the, in the water is trying to kill him. 
but they couldn't kill him. So he's on the ship, and he's worried. Now watch this. He says to them, he says, we shouldn't go because our lives are at risk. But then he gets the visitation from an angel from the higher kingdom. The angel says, you won't die. As a matter of fact, the people that are with you are being spared because you're here. So his next response to them was not our lives in danger. They were getting ready to leave the ship. He said, you better get back in the ship where I am. <laughs> you, 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 better, you better get back in here where I am. You, you better get back in here where the anointing is. So, so the, the crew decided that they were going to kill all of the, uh, uh, of the, of the, the prisoners and get rid of them because they were, they were shipwrecked. But the captain said, no, no, we're not going to kill him. He gets on the island after the, the sea tried to kill him, after the crew tried to kill him. He gets on the island. He walks up to, to a, a pack of sticks, and, and, the, and the snake jumps out and bites his hand, grabs hold of him, and he shakes it off. And the people, listen, the people of the, uh, that, that were native said, listen, uh, something wrong with this man because, because the sea didn't kill him. And the crew didn't kill him. And now the snake is trying to kill him. Something's wrong with this man. But the something about Peter understood that because I have an assignment on my life and because I had a visitation from God, I seated in a higher place. I cannot die here. And so he shakes off the snake into the fire. He had a word from God. I can't die here. This pandemic ain't going to kill me. COVID ain't going to kill me. I'm not going to die here. I'm not going to die here. I've got too much unfulfilled prophecy on my life. I'm not going to die here. I God has spoken too much that has not happened. I'm not going to die here. I'm not going to let the enemy kill me here. Seated. Seated in heavenly places. This is virtual, y'all. Turn, turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. This is virtual. This ain't the real thing. This ain't the real thing. They're stoning Stephen. Stephen looks up to heaven and God peels back the layer of this dimension. This ain't real. <laughs> He, he said, do you know the Bible doesn't even classify Stephen as dead? He said he fell asleep. Heaven saw his death from heaven's perspective. <laughs> he was seated. <laughs> Come on. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Say amen when you get there. Verse 17 says this, so that this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their minds. Watch this, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of ignorance. And the ignorance is triggered by hardness of heart. Now, what is hardness of heart? A, a, a mindset that refuses to believe and to comply with the ways of God. He said, your hardness of heart is producing ignorance. 
and that ignorance is alienating you, excluding you from the life of God. So there is a life of God that's available, but it's not accessed by those who are ignorant because of hardness of heart. It says you've been excluded. There is a life that he's prepared for you. There's a life in the supernatural that belongs to you. But you can be excluded by hardness of heart and ignorance. So it's available, but you can't have it because of your self-exclusion. One translation says self-excluded. There is a life in the spirit that belongs to us. It belongs to us. Man, I'm telling you, I, I've seen God do some amazing things, but, but I read stories of Smith Wigglesworth and, and John G. Lake. John G. Lake had, had 100,000 verified healings. Verified. He would, they were being verified by the CDC and the medical doctors of the day. 80,000 of them were terminal. There is another level. There's another level. There's another dimension he's calling us to. They say Catherine Coolman so walked in the spirit, she walked off the stage and didn't fall. There's another level. There's another dimension. There's a life that we've excluded ourselves from. There's another level. What if, what if we decided, God, I'm going to tap into this level God, I'm going to come after you with everything I've got. God, I'm going to read your word until it changes me, until I, I'm going to open up your scripture and say, God, I don't see this in my life, but I need to see it in my life. Make me what I'm reading. Make me until what I'm reading. Change my heart until it looks like the scripture. And all of a sudden, the church begins to shift, and innovation is coming out of us. We're not waiting on the government to fix stuff. We are we're shifting things because we don't need them. God has given us the government shall be upon his shoulders. And we're building businesses, and we're creating wealth, and we're creating movies, and we're creating media, and we're shifting things, and we're healing the sick, and the hospitals are being empty. Do you know during the Welsh Revival, during the Welsh Revival, they had to fire police officers because crime dropped so dramatically? Imagine a revival that so impacts culture that the government can't even regulate it. That it shifts the hearts of men to a point where they say, we don't know what to do. We're going to have to lay you off. Ain't no crime. We worried about gun control but haven't managed soul control yet. And we're trying to figure out how to allow the government. He's waiting on us. He's waiting on us. 1 Corinthians 15. We're going to end here. 1 Corinthians 15. God, make me look like your word. Make me look like your word. Make me look like your word. Let the word become flesh in my life. Let the word become flesh again. Let the word become flesh again. The last time the word became flesh, hell couldn't handle it. God, make me flesh again. Let the word become flesh in my life. 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, say amen when you get there. Paul's talking. He said, for I am the least of the apostles, verse 9, and not fit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church. Watch what he says. He said, I'm, I'm the least because of what I did. And what I did should have disqualified me from the office he called me to. But verse 10 says, but 
by the grace of God. I am what I am. It's time to stop making excuses for what you are. It's time to stop making excuses for who you call to be. If God calls you a man or woman of God, be the man or woman of God. I don't care what you did. I don't care what you were doing. Be what God called you to be. I should have been disqualified by pornography. I should have been disqualified by my secret sin. I should have been disqualified. I shouldn't be up here preaching. I should have been dead. I almost committed suicide. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. I am what I am. I, I'm, not, I'm not diminishing another day in my life. I'm not dialing this back anymore, any longer. I'm not turning the light down any longer. I am what I am. I'm not turning the light down. They need to see the light. I am what I am. I am what I am. It's by his grace. God calls you a prophet, prophesy. If God calls you a deliverer, cast out devils. If God calls you to preach, preach. If God calls you a business owner, build the business. If God calls you to be a teacher, teach the word. Whatever he calls you. I am what I am. I am what I am. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you and I called you what you are. I ordained you a prophet. I ordained you a preacher. I ordained you a minister. I ordained you an evangelist. I ordained you. I called you to miracle signs and wonders. I called you to build businesses. I called you to walk in a new dimension of life. I am what I am. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I wish we'd stop apologizing and stop turning it down and stop backing up because people make us feel uncomfortable. I remember feeling, being in churches sometimes and, get, and, and hearing God talking to me about things that were going on in people's life. But I, was, I didn't want to step out and, and rustle any feathers. Thank God I'm in a prophetic house that said when God speaks, say it. I am what I am. I'm not what they call me. <laughs> I am what I am. I'm not what they call me. Listen, you're not even what you thought you were. It's by the grace of God. He took me. Some of you, some of you, you're the only one in your family like you. Some, some of you, God pulled you out to rescue you your fa rescue your family some of you he, he by his grace he touched your life you should have been dead you should have been backslidden like the rest of them some of you you came out of families that went to the same church you went to and they stopped serving God but inside of you there's a cry God use me I am what I am some of you God saved you like Joseph, to rescue your family. You're the light of your family. You're the one that's turning hearts. And they may be making fun of you, and they may be treating you like a black sheep, but there will come a day. There will come a day when they're going to pick up the phone and say, I need, I need to connect to heaven. And you're going to be there with grace. I am what I am. Come on, say it. I am what I am. I am what I am. It's time to re-image, to get back to what you were. Because what you were is what you is. What you were is what you is. Sometimes you just got to use that vernacular. 
What you were is what you is. Stand to your feet. I believe. I believe mantles are falling again. I, I, I believe calls are being stirred. I, I, I believe deposits and gifts are being stirred tonight. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. I thank you tonight. I thank you tonight for dormant gifts, for dormant deposits of heaven. We activate them tonight. We pour out the fire of God on them tonight. In the name of Jesus, God, I thank you and I praise you. Lift your hands right now. Father, I thank you for the poor of heaven. I thank you for the poor of heaven. I thank you. We are unapologet unapologetically called, unapologetically chosen for this hour. We are what you say we are. Every negative word we negate now in the name of Jesus. Father, I'm pulling up years of negative words from family members. I'm pulling up years of word curses that were spoken over your people. You'll never be nothing. You'll never amount to anything. You're never going to graduate. You're never going to grow. You're never going to build that business. I negate those words now. I reverse them now in the name of Jesus. I declare grace, 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 grace be released tonight. In the name of Jesus, dimensions of grace. Yes, grace gifts being activated tonight. Grace gifts right now, Father. Father, grace gifts of prophecy. Grace gifts of word of knowledge. Grace gifts of healing. Grace gifts of miracles. Grace gifts of faith. Grace gifts of discernment, Father. Activate tonight. Pour it out tonight. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for the poor. Fill us tonight. Re-image us tonight. Change our mindset, God. Some of you right now, you're being delivered from, a, from a, a poor mindset about yourself. God is ripping low self-esteem out of your minds now. In the name of Jesus, God, I thank you. I thank you right now for the poor of heaven. Father, I thank you now. Some of you, you're not even young people. You're older. You've wrestled with low self-esteem your whole life. You never believed you were going to be anymore. But God, I thank you tonight. I thank you tonight for a recalibration of our hearts. Make us what we've read. Make us tonight in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now put your hands down. If you're in the building and you've got any sickness in your body, any pain, any, any, any uh, discomfort, I, I feel like there's somebody here with a shoulder issue. Yeah, so Father, I thank you right now. Somebody lay hands on them where they are. Lay hands on them where they are. Father, we take authority right now over degenerative disease in the shoulder. We speak to cartilage. We command you be restored in the name of Jesus. Rotator disc, we command you be healed now in the name of Jesus. I thank you and I praise you. Shoulder be healed. Shoulder be healed. Shoulder be healed this very moment in the name of Jesus. We speak to you shoulder. We speak to you bone. We speak to you ligaments. Hear the word of the Lord. We command you to be healed. In the name of Jesus, test it, move it, move it, move it, test it, test it, test it. I listen, you don't, you, don't, you don't have to, listen, you don't have to make me feel good. I want to know if you notice a difference. Do you? What was your pain level? 
Right there, what was your pain level on a scale of 10? One to 10. Seven, what, what is it now? Nothing. Come on, give them glory. Come on. What about you? you? Do you still feel tension? Nothing. Nothing? Come on, move it. Move it. How about you? It's good? Come on, give them glory. Come on, give them glory. I rebuke every spirit of infirmity now in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of infirmity, I command you to leave the people of God. You are trespassing. You cannot stay. I command you to go now in the name. I command knees to be healed now in the name of Jesus. New cartilage be restored now in the name of Jesus. Come on, move it. Move it. Move it. Move it. In the name of Jesus. Gastrointestinal issues. I command you to go now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come out. In Jesus' mighty name. Uh, uh, somebody, somebody with a heart murmur. A heart murmur. Is that you? Heart issue? Okay. Heart murmur. Anybody with irregular heartbeat? We declare over her heart now in the name of Jesus. I declare in the name of Jesus a new heart. You said you put a new heart within us, God. I declare, I, I take hold of that word right now. And we declare in Jesus' name a new heart, Lord God. Every passage unblocked, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. I thank you and I praise you for healing tonight. And a new doctor's report. And a new doctor's report. In the name of Jesus. Father, we remove the remnants of COVID, Father, permeating people's body in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we remove them tonight. Let your angels pass through the crowd tonight. In the name of Jesus. Move from one side to the other. In the name of Jesus. Arthritis, go now. Arthritis, go now. In the name of Jesus. Foot pain, go now. In the name of Jesus. Carpal tunnel, go now. In the name of Jesus. Planner's fasciitis, go now. Leave these bodies in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We release, we release the healing virtue of Jesus. As they prayed in Acts 4, as we stretch forth our hands, you touch by your hands tonight. Jesus' mighty name. In the name of Jesus. Neck pain. Neck pain. Degenerative discs in the back. I command you to be healed. Now in the name of Jesus. Reproductive issues. I command you to be healed. Now in the name of Jesus. Wounds to open tonight. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Spirits of fear, I command you to loose the people of God tonight. In the name of Jesus, torment and anxiety. Some of you have been harassed in your dreams. I command that thing to loose you now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now, I want you to do something. Whether I called it out or not, if you notice any difference in your body, I want you to wave at me. Wave at me. Come on. Come on. Come on, what were you dealing with? Your shoulder? Healed. Come on. What about you, sir? 
shoulder, your elbow, no pain. Come on, hallelujah. Come on. Who else? What was your issue? Your knees? Come on, move, move those knees. Come on, hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Who else? Who else? Yes, what, what was it? Your neck? No pain. You can move your neck? No pain. Come on. Hallelujah. Can I tell you something? Healing is easy for him. It's easy for him. It's not hard. Do, do you realize that healing is just a reset? It's just a re reset back to original design. Father, I thank you tonight for healing. Move through this crowd in the name of Jesus. Move through this crowd tonight. Touch everybody. Touch. Touch. Where is Olivia? I was praying and the Spirit of God said, tell her she's going to do both. You're going to do ministry and marketing. You're going to do, you're not going to have to choose. God is about to grace God is about to grace you. And you're going to elevate in both regions, in both dimensions. You're going to go up in business and you're going to go up in ministry. And God says you're not going to have to choose. Because I'm about to light on you. I'm about to rest on you. You're not going to have to choose. Where's your sister? Come. There is a, there is a supernatural anointing for outreach on you. It, your grace for outreach. I don't need, they're, they're, I feel like God is about to give you new models for how to do outreach. It's not going to be the way we've always done it. We used to just put speakers out on the street and just go out there and preach. God is about to give you new models for outreach. And God says when you begin to step into it, don't dial it back. Don't worry about what they're going to say. It's going to look awkward. It's going to look different in the beginning. But God says, do what I tell you to do, son. Do what I tell you to do. Ah, uh, I see the Lord giving you a big net. I see the Lord giving you a big net. I see the Lord giving you a big net. And you're going to catch many fish for him. You're going to catch many fish, says the Lord. Greater, 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 greater. Hey, Abashaya. Greater, 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 greater. The Spirit of God is going to begin to take you in the Spirit in your worship time. He's going to begin to take you into new places. He's going to begin to take you into new places. Grace. That fire you feel is for deliverance. And when you sing, demons will run. And when you sing, demons will cry out. They will not be able to stand the fire that's coming out of you and the light that's coming out of you. Where? Yeah, yeah. Come, 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 come. 
The Spirit of God says you were born second, but you're not second place. You're not second place. God said there's an anointing on your life. And I see the Lord gifting you to build, and gifting you to build structures, and, and gifting you to build business. And there's an oil that's going to come up on your mind. And you're going to begin to have supernatural ideas. And you're going to say, God, where is this coming from? And he said, it's coming from the inside. It's coming from the inside. It's coming from the inside. Come. There's, there's a, there is a, an anointing. It's inherited. Listen. Anointing, listen, anointings are not hereditary, but this one is. This, this is, there is an anointing for supernatural revelation upon your mind. Father, I thank you and I praise you. Your word said in, in the scriptures that when the men were on the road to Emmaus with you, that you unlocked the scriptures when you appeared to them in the room, that they might understand the scriptures. Father, I thank you for the unlocking of his mind now. In the name of Jesus, supernatural dimensions, supernatural grace. And you said, God, I want to do it differently. I want to be my own man. And God said, you will. I planned it that way from the beginning. I planned it that way from the beginning. And your road's not going to look like everyone else's, but I'm going to guide you to a new place. And I'm going to bring you into a large place, says the Lord. I'm going to bring you into a large place. And if you'll let me, I'm going to put you on display. And I'm going to use you as a lighthouse. I'm going to put you on display. I'm going to shine you. I'm going to shine you among athletes. I'm going to shine you amongst business people. I'm going to shine you. I'm going to pour out the light on the inside of you. And you're not going to be able to understand where is this coming from, God. But it is an inheritance. Father, I release the inheritance. We unlock that treasure chest on the inside of him now. In the name of Jesus, every gift I stir it up. Jesus, mighty name. And you will be an architect of scripture. And the Spirit of God says that I'm about to anoint your ears. I'm about to anoint your ears. I'm about to anoint your ears. And messages and doctrine and teaching is about to flow on the inside of you. He's going to teach you himself. He's about to elevate you. He's about to elevate you. God, I thank you. Jesus' name. Shine, 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 shine. There's a light in the dark. Shine in the name of Jesus. Shine, shine. Oh God, I see you sending him to a generation. I see you sending him to a generation. And he says, who am I that you would choose me? Who am I, Lord God? But you said, Lord God, you've chosen him before he was even in his mother's womb. You selected him. God, I thank you for the outpouring. I thank you for the outpouring. Anoint these hands. Anoint these hands. Fresh oil fresh oil fresh oil to heal fresh oil to heal and he's going to confirm the word with miracles, signs following he's going to confirm the word he's about to teach you listen I had a dream uh, years ago no 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 yeah probably about two years ago I had a dream and in the dream I, I went up these stairs to a high place 
And when I got up the stairs, there was a girl up there, and she was on crutches, and she had a boot on her leg. And I was trying to lay hands on her for her to get healed, and nothing was happening. I kept praying, and nothing was happening. While I'm standing there, Benny Hinn appears in the dream, and he says, not like that. And he begins to teach me how to flow like this. He said, you got you to learn how to flow with the Spirit. And as I began doing that, oil started flowing on my hands. Oil started flowing on my hands. Benny Hinn disappeared in the dream. And when he did, I looked, and I said, where is the girl? And she was running up the stairs. She was running up the stairs and there was no cast and there was no crutches and I'm telling you by the spirit of the living God there's an oil coming on you there's an oil coming on you for miracles signs and wonders and he's going to teach you how to flow with him he's going to teach you he's going to teach you say teach me Lord teach me Lord I want to flow with you mysteries mysteries The secrets of the Lord are for those that fear him. May the fear of the Lord cover him. And the name, yeah, yeah, the fear of the Lord. (laughs) The fear of the Lord is going to protect you. It's going to guard you because the enemy had assignments. He had assignments. He had assignments that were aimed at you as targets. And there were were women that the the, the enemy was going to send at you to cause delay. He was about to try and rob you of years. But the fear of the Lord is going to fill your heart. You're not going to lose time. You're not going to lose time. You're not going to lose time. In the name of Jesus. Let holiness clothe him, Father. Purity in the name of Jesus. Yeah. May he be unashamed of the gospel. In the mighty name of Jesus. There's no pressure, son. He's going to do it. It's not about you doing it. It's about what you're about to become because of who you were. No pressure. Yeah, I, I release that pressure off of your shoulders now. There's no pressure. Jesus' name. Oh, he loves you. Oh, he loves you. Oh, he loves you. Father, we thank you for fortifying him from the inside. In Jesus' name. Yeah, I see the Lord raising you up as a giant in the spirit. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. People are going to look, and and the name of Jonathan Anderson will be heard. You're going to carry such a glory. Don't be afraid, son. Don't be afraid. I'm going to walk hand in hand with you. I'm going to teach you how to do this. It's what you're called to. So we thank you for it now. Mark him forever, Father. Mark him forever. Mark him when you're marked, you can't stray far. Mark him, God. In the name of Jesus, declare it to be so. Jesus' mighty name cannot be any other way. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. What's your name, sir? Excuse me? Edward? Father, I thank you for Edward. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. Father, I thank you. You're married, right? I see the Lord. Is your wife here? Where is she? Can you come? 
you all are an Aquila and Priscilla of source. Where the God, God wants to begin to use you in teaching and training. Are you doing that now? Okay. It's about to go to another level. It's about to go to another level. Insight, supernatural insight into scripture. Father, I thank you for these minds. Now, unlock the minds. Unlock their minds now in the name of Jesus. Unlock their minds in the name of Jesus. Supernatural perception of scriptures in the name of Jesus. Jesus' mighty name. All, can we have all, all the babies? You, if you are, I, I don't know, how, how old are you, young man? Huh? Ten? If you're, if you're ten years old or younger, I want you to come. Every single one of them. Bring your children, ten years old or younger. God, God is establishing this next generation. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for each one of these. Mark them. Mark them forever, Father. Release prophetic gifts. Release apostolic gifts in the name of Jesus. Release apostolic gifts. Release anointings to build in the name of Jesus. Release anointings to plant deliverance in their hands. Deliverance, fire in the name of Jesus. Fires of deliverance, Father. Fires of healing in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you and praise you, Father. Mark every one of them. In Jesus' name, Lord God, mark them tonight. Let this be a night that they look back on and say, it was that night. It was that night that everything shifted and prophetic dreams will begin to come upon them. And they're going to begin to share dreams with their parents. I, I, remember, I remember my daughter came to us and she said, I had a dream that Jesus came to me. I said, what do you mean? She said, Jesus came and he hugged me and he took me to heaven and we were walking through heaven. I, I, I was jealous. I never had a dream about Jesus. But in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. There is a prophetic generation that's arising. Why? Because we need more. Father, I thank you. Mark them, Father. Mark them. Mark them. Mark them. Mark them. Mark them, mark them in the name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus. Bless them, Father. Supernatural increase, supernatural wealth in the name of Jesus. Supernatural wealth to influence a generation. Supernatural wealth to influence a generation. We bless them in the name of Jesus. Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen. Thank you. You can go back to your seats. Is there anyone in here, you're dealing with a, a sickness that you can't see, but it's diagnosed? Yes. I want to pray for you. Come on. We got to change these reports. We got to change the reports. Yeah. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Terminal diseases are going to lose tonight. Look, my mama is here. 
Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Mandele Beshi. We're going to turn this tonight. Can I, I, need, I need some people to come and, and, and put your hands on them. Put your hands on them. This is an authority thing. We're not asking. We're not asking. Somebody say, we're not asking. We're not asking. Jesus said, heal the sick. We're not asking. Father, in the name of Jesus, we speak to every disease hiding in their bodies. We speak to every disease, every molecule, every cell of it in the name of Jesus. We command you to stop reproducing in their body. We command you to leave now, leave now, leave now, leave now, leave now. Get out now, get out now, get out now, get out now, get out now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, get out now, get out now. Get out now, 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 in the name of Jesus, get out now, get out now, leave now, in the name of Jesus, leave now, leave now, leave now, leave now, in the name of Jesus, leave now, leave now, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, every disease, every disease, I command you. I command you, hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. By Jesus' stripes, they were healed. We drive it out now by the blood of the Lamb. In the name of Jesus. Now listen, listen. When, whenever you have your next, next doctor's appointment, I want you to verify. If Listen, go and get a report. Some of this stuff we can't tell what God, what God has done until you get a report. I believe God. I believe God. I believe God. I believe God. We're not going to lose one person. We refuse. Some, some of this stuff, is, uh, yeah, yeah. So, Father, we break every generational curse. We break every generational curse. Now, in the name of Jesus, I break every generational curse now. Everything passed to them through their bloodline, we reverse now by the blood of the Lamb. In the name of Jesus, we declare in Jesus' name, it's no longer theirs. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. It goes now. It goes now. It goes now. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, it goes now. 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 It's not going to rob you. It's not going to. I break the power of fear, Father, that's come upon the minds of your people in the name of Jesus. I rebuke sickle cell in Jesus' mighty name. We declare it will stop producing in their body. Every one of those blood vessels, we command you be reshaped now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Cancer goes now. It go, diabetes goes now. In the name of Jesus. It's in the name of Jesus. There is no higher name. It's the name of Jesus. We declare it to be so. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, let your peace come now. Let your peace come now. Rest on your people, on every troubled mind tonight. Let your peace come now. 
Let your peace come now. In Jesus' name. That you are the Lord that fights for us. That you are the God that answers by fire. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name. Yeah, Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Acid reflux, you got to go. You got to go. Disturbing people's sleep, you got to go. Tonight, in the name of Jesus. Tonight, now. Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Father. Pour out your spirit upon us, your people, tonight. Father, you know every issue in this room. Lift your hands now. Lift your hands. You know every issue in this room. Holy Spirit of God, move through this crowd now. Move through this crowd now in the name of Jesus. Let the anointing of God flow through now in the name of Jesus. Touch every body. Touch every life. Touch every mind in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, that none would leave the same way we came. In the name of Jesus, we honor you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Hallelujah. It is well. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Jesus. Glory to your name, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, Pastor Kim. We're going to lay hands on Clayton Charity. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I heard my spiritual father say this. He said, every one of us, if we've been around enough men and women of God, we become, if you allow this, spiritual mutts. Spiritual mutts, which means we carry something of a combination of several anointings. And whenever you get around someone with an anointing, you want that anointing to be imparted to you. And Brother Clayton said as he was praying, the Lord told him that he needed to have my wife and me to lay, lay our hands on, on him in charity because they want a part of the anointing that's on our lives. And I think that's commendable. There are so many people who are, you know, lone rangers in the spirit don't recognize anointings and try to carry it on their own anointing but I tell you something that I don't care how anointed you are individually how powerful you think you may be individually you need you want anointings imparted to you the first chapter of Romans verse 5 Paul said I long to see you I may impart to you some spiritual gift. And so by laying on the hands of the hands, we impart spiritual gifts. And so as my wife and I will lay our hands, I need some oil. As we lay our hands on Clayton, 
always called him Philip. Clayton, Philip. Family called that's why I, I call you Philip. Family. And charity. We're going to impart to you the anointing that's on us. What he asked specifically for was the anointing for excellence. Because there's, a, there's an excellent standard that we must have. Excellence in lifestyle. Excellence in ministry. Excellence in our character. That's missing in the body of Christ. It's missing. People aren't after excellence anymore. But God requires excellence. Oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. And so we'll release that upon them. But as we lay our hands, what will happen is God will take a deposit of all that he's put in us and put it on them. Remember when, when Solomon just asked for wisdom? God said, and Solomon asked, and he said, just give me wisdom so I can lead your people. God said, I'm going to give you way more than wisdom. I'm going to give you what you asked for, but I'm going to give you even things that you didn't ask for. Hallelujah. Just a little, just a little. Jesus, as we lay these anointed hands on Philip and Charity, we know what you've put in us, the anointings that are in us, the hands that have been laid on us. Great men of God, great women of God have laid their hands on us and we've received impartations, mantles that have come on our lives. Now, as we lay our hands on them, we release those same mantles, those same anointings on them. Excellence, integrity, honor, valor, virtue, prosperity, faith, dimensions of revelation, wisdom, God, we release it upon them. We place a flaming fire around them. In the name of Jesus. That as they are targets and now threats to the enemy, that God, you would be a fence and a shield about them. Guard them and keep them. Give them clear discernment about who to connect with and who not yes, to connect God. with. Yes, who to align with and who not to align with. And even as we know, Father, we, by experience, even as their circle gets smaller and smaller, let the weight of your glory get greater and greater. Your anointing become heavier and heavier on their lives. And as we lay these anointed hands on them, we release yes. everything in us into them in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus
unlock on an apostolic level for revelation to set things in order in their region in the name of Jesus cause them to abound beyond their wildest dreams in the name of Jesus children in the name of Jesus. They will grow beside them in the name of Jesus as mighty warriors and ministers in the kingdom, God. Thank you, God, that provision for them as parents. It's always there in the name of Jesus. They'll never have to wonder how, God, because you will always provide. Open their eyes now that they will always see supernatural provision. Let them see it all around same way you showed my husband, my man of God, gold blowing into windows, gold moving along the streets. Open their eyes, God. Let them see it surrounding them. Now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. prosperity receive this prosperity receive this prosperity is your inheritance and I release it on you now 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 we release it on you now Wherever he sends you. 
whole family with you. You're going to take the whole family with you. So enjoy your jobs while you can. But it's going to free you to go. For he's raised you up as a prophetic voice in this generation. This family will serve the Lord. Yes, God. And Maurice Camden, they'll serve right beside you. who's all looking up to you. You will set the pace for many. Set the standard for many to follow. As they see you, Charity. As they see you and follow you. You will lead many into deliverance. Many into their purpose. Many into their place.
those hands all over this room and give God a praise right now. Come on, give God a praise this man and woman of God tonight. Come on, I want you to give God a big praise this man and woman of God tonight. Thanks for this man of God ministering to us tonight. 